This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. Molweni Sanbonani, and welcome to another installment of the COVID Report, where we unpack and dissect COVID-19 and its impact on the various aspects of our lives. This is your one-stop shop for all your facts, stats, and figures with none of the misinformation. I am your host, Siposi Sazana Muli, today alone, but ready to welcome Game when he returns. With that change, today is no different. We speak to Barbara Khaokhanediwe and Ken Cryington about the impact of COVID-19 on the tourism industry. Some would argue the hardest hit industry. And the question is today, will the tourism industry recover from this pandemic? The industry is a major contributor to the South African economy and employment of citizens. The sector contributes about 9% to the country's gross domestic product. As we have depicted on the show time and time again, COVID-19 has left no sector unscathed, with the tourism sector having come to a complete halt. We unpack the impact of the pandemic. We are joined by Barbara Khaokhanadiu from Gauteng Tourism to unpack this further. We are not traveling, we don't have a need for accommodation, and we are not able to go sightseeing. It would seem that coronavirus has brought the whole industry into a standstill. Can you elaborate further how COVID-19 has impacted tourism? This has been a devastating effect for the visitor economy broadly. Uh, Aeroplanes have been halted. Uh, Tour operators are unable to do their normal tour services. People are not able to interact. Um, We have been encouraged to do social distancing, which is a direct opposite of what the tourism sector is all about. It's about people interacting, it's about exchange of cultures and experiences. And this has truly not just affected the livelihood, it has affected personal interactions. And we hope with um, um, the, the discovery of the vaccine soon, the sector will be able to recover. But there are also other opportunities um, that emerge out of this crisis, like any other crisis. We have seen institutions repurposing their facilities, and this border well for the visitor economy, especially for exploring your own country, exploring your own neighborhood, and people becoming tourists in their own background. It definitely has given an opportunity for us to become, and I like how you said, tourists in our own backyards. So I would like to ask what steps have been taken by various groups in the sector to mitigate some of the effects, including the steps taken by government and private parties? Absolutely. Tourism is government-led, private sector-driven, community-based and labor-intensive. By that, it means all the aspects and all the sectors uh, get to be involved. Government has set aside um, over 200 million rand in South Africa to support uh, small-scale tourism businesses um, found in our townships, found in our villages, uh, to at least carry the bare minimum of paying for their workers and the like. Other initiatives include the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Uh, Banks have also come to the party, but this is still not enough. We have seen the sector also repurposing itself 
um, classical example, the tuk-tuks that are being used at Lebo's backpackers to drive uh, visitors around are now being used to deliver veggies to vulnerable communities, especially the aged uh, in Soweto. Um, tour operators are providing shuttle services for essential services staff. They are also repurposing their vehicles to provide safer and reliable transport services, transporting uh, workers that are going uh, for early shifts and the like. This means that the sector is now uh, diversifying and, and, and moving into uh, uncharted uh, territories. Again, um, the restaurants are now being given an opportunity to provide uh, deliveries and people can make orders. This is a time for us to be able to repurpose our facilities, be able to provide food and create that nostalgic. Once the sector is back to its feet, people will be, go, be, be able to go back and, and, and interact. Again, other opportunities are related to the merchandising, the production, film and content spaces. This is the right time to produce content uh, when the streets are partially empty, cleaner, this is the right time to, to produce made in South Africa um, and merchandise to stimulate local consumption and local production. Merchandises around your favorite places and spaces um, will go off the shelves quickly because people are unable to visit those places. But I can surely uh, get a sweater in this cold uh, winter uh, around Homona Lady. Um, in, in the cradle of humankind. That will be my interaction uh, with the facility that I will normally uh, visit. The content, again, helps learners who are now uh, going back to school. So we know that part of the curriculum includes our own heritage sites and our museums. So more content uh, in the online platforms, virtual gaming, virtual tours, are opportunities that funding institutions need to start supporting tourism businesses to repurpose and start exploring opportunities associated with the fourth industrial revolution. So this has given an opportunity for the tourism sector to join part in the move to the fourth industrial revolution. So I'd like to touch on two things that you have mentioned. Firstly, you mentioned the relief fund that was announced by the Minister of Tourism of over 200 million rand. But that same relief fund has come under attack by some parties, including bigger hotel chains, um, saying that it is discriminatory and exclusionary. So I'd like to ask particularly on the fund that has been released. Yes, it's not enough, but do you think it is enough to sustain what, has, what it has set out to do? And has it, to an extent at this current point, done anything towards it? The fund will never be enough. Like I've said, uh, tourism is a, a, a government-led, private sector-driven. Um, we take um, uh, your taxes, uh, uh, taxpayers' money, and go and do marketing initiatives that drives volumes and numbers mainly into private sector institutions. These airlines, the hotels, they have been filled when the tourism sector is booming by the taxpayers' money. And they are not being able to go back and replow back that money into the coffers to stimulate others. That is the dilemma with the broader tourism sector. 
that we are using the taxpayers' money to stimulate demand, mainly in the private sector. So a collaboration between the private sector, the public sector, and our communities, including the workers, uh, becomes key in the new visitor economy we are getting into uh, post, post-COVID. 200 million rand will never be uh, uh, enough. That is why um, other avenues have been open, including the banks, including access to the solidarity uh, fund. This was primarily aimed at supporting BEE-compliant companies as per uh, the Tourism Act to say government resources will be used to enhance transformation and open avenues for those that have previously been left uh, out, outside. It's going to be unfair to allow the big players to compete with, for this little money with the small players that don't even have opportunities even in COVID. Some of the big hotel groups now are able to repurpose their hotels and provide quarantine sites because they have the capacity, because they have been ripping out of the double digits boom of the tourism sector over the years, they are able to leverage such a facility. A small BNB uh, in Temba, in Hamaskral, will never be able to provide such a quarantine facility. So this uh, um, uh, stimulus uh, um, uh, money is directed at these small players to also be able to make a living, not to compete with big players because the playing field has never been leveled. That is why we continue to march forward with transformative um, uh, policies and activities to make sure that the tourism sector reflects the broader demographics um, uh, of South Africa. Uh, Townships with villages, with neighborhoods, uh, also being a hub of tourism activity, like places, affluent places like Sentin, uh, um, uh, Cape Town, um, Waterfront, uh, and Kruger, you name them. it will never be enough. Um, the, the, the sector on its own needs to also contribute towards helping uh, members and non-members of associations. And collectively, we can make a dent. Repurposing of infrastructure for right now, um, all our tourism facilities will have to comply to the new health protocols. Put in sanitizers to put in all these uh, detecting uh, facilities will require money. And um, big hotels groups are able to do that. But small players will never be able to do that. So such a, a facility will help them make be competitive and most importantly, be compliant. Be competitive and be compliant. I think it's very interesting that this pandemic has also highlighted the inequality in the tourism sector, something that is never addressed enough. So it seems unlikely that our borders will be open or people will start visiting our shores very soon. So how long do you think it will take to revive the sector? And what do you believe it would require to do so? To further also expand, Japan is paying people to visit their country. They'll pay for half of your trip should you come after this is over. So what steps are being taken to rejuvenate the country? And do you think uh, to rejuvenate the economy, the tourism economy after this? And do you think it is even possible to rejuvenate it? Well, the tourism sector remains the most resilient. Um, It is this one that is severely affected. The first one to shut down 
uh, when COVID hit our shows in the early parts of the year. Uh, but certainly it will be the first one to recover and back on mm. its wheels riding uh, high. One mainly is because uh, it's labor intensive. There is no much technical uh, influence, technical uh, machinery uh, into the into the facilities uh, uh, required. So no uh, imported material coming all the way um, uh, from China or other parts of, of the country. It's how you use the inputs locally. So the point here is that um, while um, international flights will not be possible because of the borders that have been closed, this gives us an opportunity to reset and look into domestic tourism as a major driver of our recovery program. Domestic tourism has been uh, under-resourced. Uh, locals, especially for us here in the Houghton province, where we are net exporters uh, of domestic travel. People in the province like exploring, they like going to all over the country and all over the world because of the per capita income. Right now is the time for us to become tourists in our own backyard, to explore our own um, uh, neighborhood. The recovery of the tourism sector will start with domestic tourism. Firstly, for people to go to nature reserves, uh, our own botanical gardens, um, uh, open spaces that are, are, are enabling us to deal with the health protocols. That will give assurance to people across the other provinces and other countries uh, to say that South Africans are exploring their own uh, country it means it's safe to be able to do that. So we will need to start firstly with capacitating our local facilities with the necessary infrastructure. Like I've said, put in all the health protocols. This is not necessarily to deal with COVID. It's about putting up a responsible tourism practice into our own way of doing things. A responsible tourism destination is the one that keeps uh, visitors healthy and safe, is the one that provides facilities for the disabled, is the one that, that practice uh, responsible uh, 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 activities, including providing for ramps uh, for the physically challenged. So the COVID-19 has provided us with an opportunity to, to ramp up our responsible tourism uh, practices. While people visit uh, uh, their neighborhood, they go and explore the heritage sites, uh, our parks and our museums. Us at Gaudian Tourism, we are working together with our parks, especially the ones owned by government, will be exploring programs like Mahala Weekends, where people are, <clears throat> are able to go into these parks for free, just to stimulate demand, but just to also to indicate that our facilities uh, are, are, are back and, and, and they are safe. We'll also be ramping up installation of the necessary detecting facilities to help institute, institutionalize a health protocol in our, in, our, in our facilities. Staff have been trained around um, basic hygiene uh, a protocol, provision of water, ablution facilities, um, to make sure that we have the necessary infrastructure to deal with the demand. That will then move into the regional sphere of travel where we look into SADC, 
we look into the entire continent with Africans exploring their own continent, exchanging um, uh, goods and services, and helping in balancing um, uh, trade patterns and visitor numbers. Ultimately, we will then open for international markets, but we will not open for international markets under what the world was when we closed for COVID. We'll open now with local production uh, uh, in place. We'll open now with us being able to provide our visitors with our authentic stories, our authentic experiences. We'll open now with a lot of South Africans working in restaurants, running all these tourism facilities, taking back uh, the, the economy. And that's what this new world will provide. But it will also provide for local experiences. We will be able to introduce new uh, routes. People will be able to say, hey, I listened to this Ama Piano music genre over and over during the lockdown. Where can I go on an Ama Piano route uh, 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 in Gauteng? Uh, where can I follow uh, the, the, the spice route? Where can I follow the traditional uh, uh, medicine route where I go to my Mai, I'm able to get Lengana and be able to uh, 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 relieve some of the hardships that I had during, during COVID. So what this does, it brings in new players, it brings in new routes, new experiences, and that's how the sector will expand and probably become beneficial, not just to uh, big players, but small players who have been excluded. A very hopeful picture you paint and a very, an approach that allows us as a country to look within and introducing new players to what we have found. So before I let you go, I'd like to ask you one thing. When the lockdown is lifted and we can explore our backyards again, what would be your first travel experience? My first travel experience will be, like I've said, to explore my own backyard. I can't wait to take my kids to the um, uh, aviation uh, center in uh, Wadville in Benoni. It's the biggest African aviation museum that has some of the historic uh, airplanes um, uh, to have done work uh, in South Africa there. Um, um, the country, the province is involved with uh, breathtaking experiences. I can't wait to go to the Nile Sculpture Center and just uh, 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 get in touch with nature, with its uh, 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 beauty. Um, so that also goes well with the health protocols to uh, avoid cluttered spaces. Uh, but our country is endowed with beautiful spaces and places. So nature reserves. Uh, strolls in the parks, uh, taking the kids down um, uh, through those walks uh, will be a blessing for me. So I'll encourage everyone to equally look forward to such experience. Obviously, keeping a safe distance, uh, obviously following health protocols um, uh, and, and the like. But it would be great to explore our own country, our own province, our own neighborhood and become tourists in our own backyard. After COVID-19, we become tourists in our own backyard. 
That was from Gauteng Tourism speaking on the impact of COVID-19 on the industry. Thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. Thank you so much. Looking forward to the sector uh, opening and all sharing in the visitor economy, taking it to greater heights. Thank you so much. That was Barbara from the Gauteng Tourism speaking on the impact of COVID-19 on the industry and what he will be doing once we can travel again. We asked people their plans for when the lockdown has been lifted, and this is what they had to say. A place I definitely want to go to when the pandemic is over and it's safe for us to travel is Mpumalanga, my grandparents' house. I haven't seen them. I can only talk to them over the phone because they don't know how to use technology either. Um, so I haven't had that face-to-face interaction with them and I miss them. And because they're over 60 and they're more prone to uh, catching the virus and it having dire consequences for them, it's been, we had to keep our distance even before the lockdown was enforced. So definitely once it's safe, I'd like to see my grandparents and give them a hug and just be in their house and be around family. Three places I'd like to visit after the COVID-19 pandemic are um, Hazy View in Bumalanga, God's Window also in Bumalanga, and the last but not least place is going to have to be Paris. Uh, Eiffel Tower. Places I'd like to visit after the COVID-19 pandemic are Dubai Marina in Dubai, Mamahali Mountain Lodge in Mahalisburg, and White River in Bumalanga. Places I'd like to visit after the COVID-19 would be Valley of Thousand Hills in Durban, Camps Bay in Cape Town, and the Statue of Liberty in the USA, New York. We also heard from Nyari from Sweet Holiday Homes based in the Victoria Falls. She says they have not had any support from their government. Furthermore, calling on all Africans to start traveling within the continent once restrictions are lifted to kick the economy. Good day. My name is Nyari for Sweet Holiday Homes uh, in Zimbabwe, Victoria Falls. Due to the COVID-19, we are really, really faced with quite a lot of challenges. Because when the uh, borders closed for all the nations of the world, it meant that um, tourism definitely closed. At the moment, there's no traveling between countries and uh, because of the, the lockdown that is there, we are really, really in serious trouble. Uh, What has happened at the moment is that we have completely closed our 10-bedroom lodge or holiday home due to the pandemic and uh, uh, due to the fact that there are no clients that are coming in. Our booking sites are also uh, not receiving any bookings at the moment due to the pandemic. And all our workforce, except for maintenance uh, people uh, that normally just come in once a week just to check that uh, there are no leakages with 
with for plumbing any electrical uh, or maintenance work that they need to sort those are the ones that are just coming in here and there but all our workforce is currently at home it has been very quite difficult to pay them since there's actually zero income that's coming in and uh, as we speak uh, there's no uh, support that has actually come from the government we are still hoping that something will be worked out so that we are able to continue to support our workers because currently it's, it's quite difficult it's really really hard um, we are looking at ways of surviving this pandemic in the coming future hoping that there will be is the restrictions are lifted in the different nations would be able to start accommodating or entertaining guests at our holiday homes one of the things that we are looking forward to or hoping that uh, the different countries especially regionally uh, when we look at our region the Sadak region we are hoping something could be worked out uh, soon before we even look at the at international travel because we understand that uh, there's quite a lot of business that happens within the Sadak region itself or even within the African continent itself so what could be done would be to stagger lifting concentrating on more on business travel and uh, if that is allowed i think that can actually help us uh, get out of this uh, uh, financial predicament quite early and we are also trying to focus on our own domestic travel concentrating also on business travelers because those are the ones that can immediately plan to start traveling back uh, on business and then also look at how we can probably by year end try and figure out how we can be able to probably accommodate some people around december or so depending on how this pandemic is going to uh, be managed Currently, we are also believing that the tourism, the World Tourism Organization, will try and come up with something that is uh, workable for all of us within the world. Probably some set standards that we can all follow as people within the tourism industry in terms of health and safety so that we are able to follow those uh, guidelines and be able to start opening up bit by bit. But at the moment, currently, it is quite a challenge. And we are really, really, really devastated financially. There's no income that's coming in and all our commitments, we are really, really struggling to meet them. And it's been quite a blow to us as an industry.
our hope is that in the near future travel will come back to make it but if nothing happens in the next two to three months it's a complete complete uh, loss for us because i don't know whether we'll be able to open our doors again to any travelers after hearing people's plans for after the lockdown some people will definitely need planners to do so and to unpack that, we are now joined by Ken Cryington, Managing Director of KDA Travel and Tours, whose business has been brought to a halt due to COVID-19 and the lockdown. Thank you, Ken, so much for joining us. And may I ask, how has the coronavirus affected your business? Yes, hi, hi there, Sipo. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, well, it's completely been put on hold at the moment. Uh, travel and tourism has as you know, has been completely decimated by COVID-19. And therefore, we have pretty much ground to a halt right now. So everything is on, hand, is on hold and waiting for better days, obviously. Understandable, waiting for a time we can once again travel. But have you been, in this time, have you been able to access any of the relief funds made available by government? No, not as yet. I have made applications and we've got a response back saying that we are somewhere in a queue somewhere so at the moment we have had no relief options that have come through to us and a large percentage of the, the industry actually seems to be in a similar case so I'm not I'm not sure if anything is going to be coming through um, I'm hoping that uh, I have better news later on this month I have had some assistance with regards to UIF payments with my staff who are currently employed. And uh, that has been vaguely successful. And I'm hoping for something again later this month where I can at least help my staff out who are also struggling. We're all struggling in the same boat at the moment. Understandable, with no income and the country yeah. at a halt with no traveling, there's definitely been bound to be many struggles for many people. Can I ask, yeah. have you possibly looked into the readjusting or changing of your business? Uh, we've had yeah. an interview now speaking about many companies have changed and tried to mm. do various things. And yeah. we've seen Airbnb alter their business model to include mm -hmm. virtual experiences. Have any of these come across and have you tried any of them? Well, at the, yeah, I mean, 99.9% .9 of my business is based obviously on, on corporate groups and events and hospitality and everything. And that is completely on, a, on hold at the moment. At this stage, I have various other a business interests for example I've got a little little guest house um, we have looked at the Airbnb experience virtual opportunity um, I have my colleague working on it so we are looking at that at the moment um, I've got uh, a couple of other other ideas um, we're also trying to get some kind of uh, information as far as how the sector will start opening and uh, at the moment, I'm just looking at sort of future planning. Currently, quite complicated with the virtual thing. I'm operating like I do a day-to-day 
um, Soweto tour information detail on my um, on my Facebook page. So each day I put a different uh, section of my tour, so people can kind of interact with that as if they are going on tour. But um, it's not generating any income, <laughs> so it's more just like a service at the moment. So as far as getting cash in hand, not so great at the moment. Understandable, especially in a time when many people don't have cash to experience and to participate in things. But for you, Ken, have you seen and you've painted a brief picture? What would the next steps for you look like? Mm -hmm. Are you waiting for the for government to open up? Or um, outside of looking at the few things you've mentioned, what are your future plans? Okay, well, I'm also looking at uh, beyond 2020. So I am looking at different, and I'm, I'm, I'm also wondering, I, I think people's ideas of travel will be slightly amended to what they were previously. For example, if somebody is, looking to travel to South Africa instead of saying staying in a in a jam-packed high-rise hotel in the middle of the city center they might be looking at more sort of isolated kind of experiences like staying in a self-catering chalet or a villa type arrangement um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of ideas into the future because I think people's ideas of how they're going to travel and how they're going to experience places may be different. So I'm also looking at, for example, my day tours to expand it into more sort of something like walking tours as opposed to a whole group of people jam-packed on a vehicle. Uh, so I'm trying to sort of loosen things up a bit. Um, and yeah, we're waiting to find out how the industry is going to start opening up. So I. I think people are going to be looking at, um, I have to look at the local market uh, before the international market, I think, because I think it will open up to locals traveling locally. It might only be opening up, say, to Gautengers, and you're allowed to travel within Gauteng, which, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing, because I think a lot of people might want to experience things closer to home, as opposed to now looking too far away. I'm not sure if I'm answering the question properly. <laughs> No, you definitely have covered in the expansion of your business, looking at how it's going to change because COVID-19, as we've shown on the show, has impacted everything and nothing is going to come out the same. So my last question before I let you go, in your view, how long do you believe it will take to revive the tourism industry? And do you believe it is even revivable? I think it's definitely revivable because I think once things are back up and running, I think people will be desperate to to travel um, locals will be looking to travel as soon as the opportunity arises um, so I think we do need to be prepared for them um, everybody's been suffering a bit from cabin fever I think so I think the first opportunity they get even if it's a day trip out of Joburg to uh, the cradle of humankind or something like that, I think people will jump at that opportunity. Um, and people will say, hold on, okay, instead of going on a one-week holiday to an exotic destination, let's go for a, a long weekend to a place an hour or two away from where we are. So I think maybe they won't be planning big, long 
global trips, but I think people will be looking at a lot of shorter, probably cheaper <laughs> uh, opera, uh, options as well. So, and maybe they'll travel more. Uh, so long weekend kind of stuff as opposed to long extended holiday type arrangements. And also I think there'll be a lot more uh, short term notice arrangements as opposed to long planning, long, long distance ahead planning because everybody's very uncertain as to exactly what, what is going to happen these days in the future. <laughs> Definitely a time of uncertainty. So before I let you go, just one question. When we can finally travel and see our mm -hmm. country again, where will you be heading first? Where will I be heading first? Well, I, I, need, to, I need to get some income first. <laughs> so, so let me get my, 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 my business operating first. Um, but I think uh, me personally, I'd love to just head out to the bush somewhere. Uh, the Kruger Park or anywhere local. A game reserve, take my kids out. Go see some animals. Um, so my, from my side, I would definitely like to do a game reserve kind of op, uh, option first. So that's probably what I would do. Maybe arrange a, a sort of four-night package up to the Kruger Park or something like that with my family. And that was Ken Cryington, Managing Director of KDA Travel and Tours, speaking on his business's experience of the pandemic and COVID-19 and what he will be doing once we can travel again. Today on the COVID report, we spoke in depth with the tourism sector to dissect COVID-19 and its impacts on what has happened to it. And if you had missed any of that conversation, you can listen to all our shows on vowfm.co.za to hear what else is happening around COVID-19. And if you want more information, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at vowfm. And don't forget to wash your hands and keep a social distance. For the COVID report, I am Siposi Lengosa Zanambuli, and you can find me at the same time and place tomorrow, further reporting on COVID-19.